0: You're entering the Nerd Nighted Nations podcast. To you. To you. To you. Now, here's your ambassadors, Melissa Nicholson and Jared Boots. Welcome, nerds
1: and nerdettes, to another episode of the United Nations podcast. Um, I'm your host, Melissa Nicholson, from the Great White North, where it's super cold, but that's just how it's got to be. Can't complain, because it happens every year, so... <laughs> and I could not do this alone because again as I always say it would probably be a burning train wreck if I did it on my own and you probably wouldn't hear anything cuz I wouldn't know what to say. So for the person that helps with the the uh, the, <laughs> the no
0: dead <laughs>
1: air um is my uh, co-host from the Midwest United States, Jared Boots. How are you now, Jared? Good and you. Not so bad.
0: <laughs> oh, Melissa, I'm happy to see you survive the Krampus knocked. You didn't get drunk away by Krampus. No. Nope. Gruesome Krampus
1: <laughs> and Then I wore I wore my Krampus shirt, so I think I would tribute to him, so I think he, he uh he left me because he's like, yeah, I like your shirt, so.
0: <laughs> hey, you got a nice shirt there. Yeah, you. You're good.
1: <laughs>
0: that's, how, that's how that's how Krampus sounds.
1: <laughs> good. Yeah. Tradition,
0: so. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. I kind of think Krampus would be a humble brag.
1: <laughs> probably uh, it, might, it might be the best time of year uh,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just here, here, here December 5th is like the greatest day ever
1: yeah
0: my buddy Jacob Coupe would agree December 5th is the best day ever because it's his birthday <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you go <laughs> yeah it's a pretty damn good day so
0: it's also yeah. Walt Disney's birthday too
1: that's true yes It was definitely a good day.
0: (laughs) Good day for Walt Disney.
1: (laughs) Most likely.
0: (laughs) So, Melissa, what are we talking about tonight? We we haven't dropped it already. If we
1: haven't name-dropped, if we weren't listening, um, we're going to talk about Krampus, and it's the 2015 movie that came out. Um... Yeah, I recently, I had no idea this, or maybe I did know it existed, but it was just a movie that I didn't, um, obviously I didn't watch, and I watched very recently. And um, it's basically, it's the story of Krampus and how he, um, kind of what he does. And he's sort of the, sort of the, he's the darker side of Christmas and he's sort of that, Anti Santa Claus, and for those of you who don't know who Krampus is, although you should know because it's kind of all over social media, especially this time of the year. All Christmas. over
0: the last, uh, Krampus has become huge in the last. The Krampus has been around for years, like yeah. decades, centuries, and it just became popular over like the last ten years. Last mm-hmm. five ten years, Krampus has just exploded all over in pop culture.
1: Yeah. Which is kind of cool, really, because it's sort of he, he's sort of that, you know, because Santa Claus and everything, and then it's like you have Krampus there, and I think that's pretty cool that they've, you know, he's he's become a little more, he's he's blown up within, you know, like pop culture and and just, you know, um, but then he's yeah he's been it's been a, a story for, many centuries, many years, and, um yeah it's pretty cool um so yeah basically Krampus is sort of the the anti Santa Claus but he kind of he kind of helps helps out Santa Claus because he takes out um all the all the naughty children he puts them in a bag and he drowns them in a river um <laughs> it's basically he'll he'll punish he'll beat them and he'll he'll punish them he'll beat them and he'll stuff them in a bag and drown them in a river is basically the short story. Um,
0: Merry <laughs> Christmas, everybody.
1: Yeah, Merry Christmas. <laughs> how cheerful is that, eh? <laughs> and then Santa Claus, he comes and he gives gifts to the um, gifts to children. And basically how it went is this old started in um, Germany. Germany. Around, what, 16th century or something like that? I think is when it sort of came around this whole story of how children would leave shoes out outside and it would um, like Santa he would come and fill them with candy and treats and things like that and then or if you were a naughty child then it would be Krampus coming and doing what he does to naughty children and then he would come first and then Santa would come and um, so yeah it's there's a lot of different iterations of this story which is kind of interesting like it's not just drowning them in the river is one story but then there's a whole bunch of other ones that kind of it's all sort of changed but it's still basically the same story which is which is kind of cool so um yeah I think Krampus is a neat a neat character definitely um pretty cool so I'm definitely team Krampus he's he's a cool yeah. dude <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, we need him we need him in this day and age more than ever sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and uh I was wondering uh do you follow uh Minty Comedic Arts on YouTube? So he's talking about there's a lot of Krampus movies that came out about this time, the time of this movie did. Oh yeah? Oh yeah, a ton of Krampus movies have come out within the last this movie's four years old. And there's been a crap ton of Krampus movies within the last five to ten years. Like I said, yeah. like he's he's exploded in pop culture lately. At one point Kevin Smith was even talking about doing a Krampus movie too called Anti Claus. I think he was talking about. Hmm. Be I, think, a- I think he put the idea to Gene Simmons. But instead we get yoga hosters. <laughs> 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 Love Kevin Smith, but I don't know how I, I would think about him doing a Krampus movie.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Or, it's
0: like, doing like a maybe he could surprise me and do a good pure horror movie, you but you
1: never know, really. Like with him, you you kind of think more along the lines of like comedy and not so serious. Whereas, you know, you never know. He could really pull something out of a hat and out of that white hat he wears and make an amazing movie. So.
0: Pull something out of his movie's hat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Cause I was just talk- I was just listening to a podcast a few weeks ago on the twenty fifth of Please rewind. Shameless plug for Please Rewind with Tim Rooney and uh, Guy Milks and uh, Jamie Drury. They're talking about the real fans wasn't the scumbag uh, Guy Milks talking about how they're talking about the the writing and the dialogue in Clerks and how Adam Kevin Smith. Much like Adam Sandler writes for that fifteen-year-old boy, and you can see it in all of his movies. Mm. So I don't know if how much of the Kevin Smith touch a Krampus movie would have on it, yeah. but because you see, he's trying to do—he's trying to do these horror movies with tusk and yoga Hosers and um. Oh, he hasn't released Moose Jaws yet, but. Which is he? Said, which he says is going to be Jaws with a moose. But uh, but with Kevin Smith, I think probably though, Red State is probably been the least Kevin Smith movie of all of Kevin Smith movies. So maybe that's proof right there he could do a good Krampus movie. But that's not to say we can't have humor because this one we're talking about tonight from Michael Daughtry, who did Godzilla King of the Monsters. He's doing Godzilla versus King Kong next year, and he's done. One of my favorite new Halloween movies, Trick or Treat, and he threw a lot of humor in here into this one, and it it works. But yeah. do you think this? Do you think Kevin Smith's style of humor would work as well as this kind of humor did?
1: I don't. I don't think so, because like you said, it's more that sort of fifteen-year-old boy sort of humor. Like it's it's not. Yeah, like I think he could have some more, like he could have more mature humor or whatever, but I don't think so. I don't think it would work very well. It would kind of.
0: Well, like I said, he did. He did Red State, and Red State did pretty well, or well, didn't do all box office, but it, it wasn't the type of movie Kevin typically makes, and it. Yeah. I I've only seen it one time. I enjoyed it. Yeah. But so it. It does prove like he could do something that isn't all suchi-boochies and drug and sex jokes.
1: Yeah, so maybe like I I can't you can't really underestimate him. Like he could he could probably do something pretty cool, but it's just he has to do it first for it. Yeah. <laughs> before you kind of judge, right? But I don't know. Like I think you could you could have a little bit of his traditional humor in there, but not all of it because it would just ruin the film. Right? Cuz I think you have to, you'd have to have a little bit of lighthearted sort of humor in it, but you also have to keep with the seriousness and sort of that little bit of dark for a horror movie itself, right? So um yeah, I don't know. It could work but it couldn't work, but then you also again, you can't underestimate the guy, so yeah.
0: Oh. So how about we dive into the Michael Daugherty's 2015 Krampus? The Daugherty, uh, Daugherty, Michael Daugherty. Yeah. So you said you just watched it for the first time right before we recorded this episode, and I told you, and I think the blue—I didn't see this in theaters. I—I I know I wanted to, but I never got around to it.
1: Yeah.
0: So I probably watched it whenever it came out on Blu-ray DVD few months later. And one thing we discussed right away after you watched it is how it had a very touch of gremlins to it. Very gremlins touch to it. And that was like one of the first things I thought of when I watched it. And then I watched the special features on the Blu-ray that day. And it talked about behind the scenes about how it was, he was very influenced by gremlins and Joe Dante in general. Mm -hmm. And you can definitely see it especially with the gingerbread man scene you yeah. that's that's a very gremlin's that's not that probably be the only thing I would say gets a little too much is that is the it, it's still funny don't get me wrong but it, it, it I think it stands out more than it, it no let me rephrase it. it comes off as more goofy of all the off the wall shit that happens to this family. I would say the gingerbread man <laughs> is probably the most off-the-wall thing. But it still works, though. It still, still just,
1: like, for For the movie that it is, it, it definitely still works. But it's, yeah, the goofiest part of the movie is, is yeah, the gingerbread man. and <laughs> I, I kind of, that was sort of one of my favorite
0: parts of that movie because it was so ridiculous.
1: <laughs> gingerbread and they, man attacking,
0: and David Keckner's character even calls out how ridiculous it is.
1: Yeah. He's like, oh, what is it? This is like, I got my ass whipped by a bunch of Christmas cookies, so trust me when I say I can handle it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: and Yeah. The- and the Christmas cookies take out. Well, try to take out. They take out Howie Junior, <laughs> and they try to take out a uh, big Howie. Howie Senior <laughs> <laughs> saved by the dog. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's like, no. And then,
0: <laughs> but like, if there is one specific moment in the Gingerbread Man scene that's too corny, I think it has to be the slow motion dive. <laughs> <with> the... <laughs> Zack Snyder shot Zack slow motion dive with the candy cane <laughs> before he's saved by his dog Rosie yeah
1: <laughs> yeah um well
0: it's still well done I still enjoy the shot of it every time <laughs> I don't know. I don't necessarily do the infamous Robert Downey Jr. eye rolling when I see it that scene, but it's still very enjoyable. It is, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a nice break from how because during the, when he's fighting the gingerbread men, when he's fighting the gingerbread men, uh, Adam Scott, uh, Tony Collette, and the lady that plays Dave Kitner's wife, they are upstairs fighting the Christmas toys. And boy, let me tell you, what I was going to say this for later. That Christmas angel, that puppet is something that's made of pure nightmares.
1: Right, that is that that, that
0: angel's that. nightmare fuel <laughs> right there.
1: Could you take the word, you just took the words right out of my mouth. I was just going to say that that is total pure nightmare fuel. And I saw that I'm like, holy. God,
0: er, everybody talks about terrifying. the everybody talks about the Jack in the Box and the Gingerbread Man, but that <laughs> that. That angel is the stuff of nightmares, right there.
1: God, I was I was like wondering, is that going to be in my dreams after I've done this movie? Like, shit. <laughs>
0: the, the scream, the scream! It does like this is a scream, and then the face is like, oh my god.
1: Uh, I was thinking that should be that should have its own horror movie. God, that would be terrifying as hell.
0: All all Krampus' all <laughs> toys.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was like yeah, most terrifying moment is yeah
0: that angel. It's like, oh god. That it, it comes back before Aunt Aunt ain't, ain't Dirty, uh uh, Conchetta Farrell's character blows it away with the shotgun. Yeah. Because <laughs> because they're able to they're able to fight off the toys and then they skip in the vent and they set sick uh, Rosie after them. And that angel comes back <laughs> and Jennifer Ferrell just blows it away with the shotgun. Yeah. Even when even when that angel's dead, It's still nightmare fuel.
1: It is total nightmare fuel. Uh God. <laughs> I just, I'm looking at a a picture of it, and then just remembering, i was like, God damn, that thing is creepy.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've seen this movie a handful of times. I watched it on actual Krampus knocked on December fifth, and it's probably one of the first times I thought in my head like, wow, that. Cause I, I did watch. Uh, if if you guys don't follow, uh, Minty Comedic Arts on YouTube, he does a lot of ten things you didn't know about. Such and such, and right now he's not got a bunch of Christmas movies and Krampus is one he did not that long ago. And he talked about the Jack in the Box a lot and the creature effects for the movie. And um Yeah, I was noticing the I've noticed the Jack in the Box before. And um I but I never noticed the angel before nobody ever talks about how creepy that fucking angel is.
1: Angel is terrifying. Honestly, that's the first thing I talk about. I'd be like, what about that angel? <laughs> uh.
0: It does make me happy that every Halloween season I walk into uh, our Halloween stores down here in Iowa. And uh, I go to a specific <laughs> one because they have more top of the line masks for Trick or Treat Studios. Shameless plug for Trick or Treat Studios, not a sponsor of the uh, United Nations podcast. But uh they do a lot of more screen movie realistic uh, masks. And they have a Krampus when the, it's spinning image of this Krampus. So it's the Krampus wearing Santa's face, essentially. Cool. Yeah. They do a lot of they do a lot of good uh movie accurate masks.
1: That was awesome.
0: Yeah. A lot of house I used to work out, we had the teddy bear mask from this movie. Oh, cool. But, uh... Which, Fanny Bear doesn't get much screen time in it, which is cool that it gets its own mask, but I think I've probably seen the angel mask around, too, and like, ugh.
1: <laughs> No, thank you. Yeah. It's one of those things it's like, yeah, no, you, you know, you have those, like, horror movie masks that you want, like, you, you know, but that one, no, I could not... No, that would not be allowed in my house. <laughs> That was just terrify the hell out of me. <laughs> if I ever
0: do my, if I ever do my own haunted house, we do a Christmas theme. I'll just make one room of just that angel, just playing her screaming, and having it like fly around the room. Oh,
1: that would be creepy, but and terrifying, but awesome.
0: <laughs> People talk about they came and get through clown rooms of haunted houses. So, you can survive the angel from Krampus.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so, one so that I was watching this movie of the other night, I had a couple of questions that instantly popped up into my head to ask you for this. So, of course, you've seen Home Alone, correct? Mm hmm. Who is the bigger. And you've seen, and of course, you love Christmas Story, or not Christmas Story? Uh, Christmas, Christmas. I hope you love Christmas Story, but uh, Christmas oh. Vacation.
1: Yes, Christmas Vacation. Oh, Sorry,
0: it. so many. I'm looking at a cop, my copy of Christmas Vacation right now. Yeah. Um, so, first question I have for you: Who is more unbearable, Uncle Howard or Cousin Eddie? Howard.
1: Hands mm-hmm. down. Cousin Eddie is your he's he's the 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 plucky comic relief. He's he's just dumb and funny and yeah he would be kind of annoying, but you'd still love him anyway, because he's just that lovable dummy. <laughs> Whereas Howard, he's just he's a bit of a dick. He's just, ugh, I would kick him out the damn door if he came into my house and he started being who he is. Like just get out, you asshole, <laughs> and yeah, I'm not yeah. sorry.
0: <laughs>
1: like just.
0: He talks down. He talks down to Adam Scott's character for being in the Eagle Scouts, and yeah. which, from what I hear, is a good asset to have. I don't. I'm not an Eagle Scout. I was ever in the, in the Scouts, but uh, yeah talks down a lot about about how their family's better off and proud of his kids and
1: and like how he, he wants his like his the two daughters to be boys like he just he kind of you know screw them. you max
0: <laughs> <laughs> does that, does that wish we were boys
1: yeah but you know like he just yeah
0: howie it's junior different. just being all disgusting and yeah the whole blood you, blood your Letting your kid chug a, just a two liter of soda at dinner—like,
1: just—they're an awful family. Like the whole lot of them. But like Howard, he's the—he's a freaking ringleader of the family, and he's awful. He's so, just absolutely awful.
0: So, while we're on the subject, second question I had in mind: Who was worse, Buzz from Home Alone or Jordan and Stevie? Jordan and Stevie. Oh, they are fucking terrible in this movie.
1: They are friggin' awful. Yeah. No. Yeah. Buzz,
0: he's, he's, he's just, Buzz, just, Buzz is just your, Buzz is your typical older brother doing your older yeah. brother shit. Yeah.
1: Typical whatever. That's usual, normal stuff. Whereas, yeah. No.
0: And then and you also have the argument that Jordan Seabury just doing like the older cousin shit, too. Like, but, but they, they kind of that
1: up a little bit. Like it's, they, it's more
0: like, a sense of more sense of cruelty to it about making fun of. Yeah. yeah, Max still believes in Christmas or Santa Claus and all this stuff. And
1: yeah, and like them them reading the the letter he wrote to Santa, and it was just like, and you how they just completely shot it down. And it's like
0: well, just uh, I, th- I think it's more of the fact they did Santa. it in front of the family.
1: Yeah. Like that's humiliating, and just yeah. like how, ah, I would, I, I so wanted to drop kick those kids. Like, just,
0: that's that's probably my least favorite scene of the whole thing too. Is yeah. just them, just them tearing him down. Then they get all pissed off because <laughs> Max writes that screw you. I wish we were boys.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Just... And Jordan and Stevie are such horrible kids when you first meet them because they left their baby sister out in the car. Yeah. And Stevie's reaction is, not my kid.
1: Yeah. Like, it's just awful.
0: That's kind of, you, you also said you recently watched Banana Splits. Yes. And um, it's, a, and one thing I always say when you, some of the acting is just horrible in the banana splits but the cg kills the the animatronic kills are fucking amazing yeah. but when you meet but when you meet the dad for the first time and how big of a dick he is like as soon as you meet him'm like oh this guy's toast eventually in the movie yeah. and uh that's what you get when you meet Jordan and Stevie is like well not my kid I'm like first of all I would never have the balls to talk back to my mom like that I'm mm-hmm. In my mid-thirties, I would not talk back to my parents like that at all.
1: Yeah. Hell, if I was if I was their parent, oh my god, they would be in deep shit.
0: Oh, oh god, tickety you got ticketies and they're upset because the Steelers lost. Oh,
1: oh muffin.
0: <laughs>
1: oh single tear. <laughs>
0: Steelers lost. They're kind of a rough day. The Steelers lost. They're kind of upset. The Steelers lost. Watch watch the movie Celtic Pride. A great. It's. It's. uh, It's very. Underrated. Dan Aykroyd and Daniel Stern comedy. It's about these two, Dan Aykroyd and Daniel Stern, play these diehard Boston Celtics fans, like just diehard Boston sports fans. (laughs) And Dan Aykroyd runs into his grandma halfway through the movie, (laughs) and her dog's upset because the Celtics lost. (laughs) <laughs> I will go on the record and defend it. Like, Again, yeah, I love everything Dan Aykroyd is in. Trading Place is, of course, he's in some ghost movie. Um,
1: uh, I've heard of it. Oh. <laughs>
0: but uh, this, is, this is a very underrated Dan Aykroyd comedy. that does not get a lot of the love it deserves. It's got him, Daniel Stern, and Damon Waynes. And it is just a fucking hilarious movie. They, Dan, Damon Waynes plays a, a basketball player for the... LA Lake, or no, the Utah Jazz, and they're playing the Boston Celtics in the NBA championship. And it's going to be the last time that the Celtics play in the, in the stadium. So they kidnap Damon Wayne's character so he can't play in the in the game. <laughs> <laughs> but if you love Daniel Stern, if you love Dan Hackswright, and you love Damon Wayne's, very underrated uh, comedy from them.
1: Oh, definitely. I'm I'm going to check that out now. It sounds uh sounds pretty damn good. So,
0: <laughs> watch it. I'm going to I'll have to watch it sometime here soon. Watch it and let me know what you think of it. It's very underrated. It is I've been watching this movies since I was a kid. <laughs> me and my little brother and my cousins, 12 years old, quoting the movie. There's a there's a scene in the movie where they're making they're inventing shots. They're trying to get Lewis Scott drunk so they can kidnap him, or the the, the plan starts off to get him drunk so he can't play the next day, or get him so fucked up that he can't play. But they make, they do this drink. Dave Aykroyd invents this drink called this drink is called Jimmy's Dick. It's short, fat, but it fills the gap. <laughs> <laughs> so go go back 18, 18, 19 years, maybe twelve. <laughs> Quoting this, <laughs> I grew up in a different time. I'm yep. a little bit older than Melissa. I grew up in a different time. We could get away with shit like this. <laughs> Guys, go back to our Revenge of the Nerds episode. I watched Revenge of the Nerds when I was four or five years old.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So, yeah, I definitely agree that this has been your this has been your annual uh, Nerd Night Nation side tangent brought to you by Dan Aykroyd, Daniel Stern, and Damon Williams, starring in Celtic Pride. Now, back to your regular schedule episode, Krampus. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely like Jordan and Stevie definitely are like, oh, I, I don't remember ever being this horrible to brothers or sisters or cousins. Like, yeah, I've been rough, rough on them, but I don't think I've ever been. That harsh to humiliate them in front of their family
1: Yeah Like even yeah with me Like I I grew up most of my life Like I grew up with just my cousins Like they were my Basically my cousins were my first friends And they're both boys So they you know But yeah Like we weren't We we like you know Did stuff or whatever But we weren't awful We got along you know, we we were fine. We weren't awful people to each other and just yeah, so we weren't we definitely weren't uh, Jordan and Stevie. <laughs> uh, teasing
0: <laughs> like, teasing actually, teasing and raz- razzing is one thing, but humiliating is another thing.
1: Exactly. And we would you know, yeah, we tease, we razz, we whatever, but we would never we never humiliated, because that's just no. We we knew <laughs> we knew we knew not to do that. So you know,
0: but yeah. Uh, I think I think I think you probably need to set them up. You need to set Uncle Howard's whole family, especially Jordan and Stevie, because you need to set up okay. You got to have that contrast between how sweet Max is, and because uh, we don't get much of his sister. No, and. Uh, So you gotta, you gotta you gotta have the I guess that contrast between how sweet and innocent Max is, and you gotta have the other side of the spectrum with Jordan and Stevie and Howie Jr. and that stuff. But now so you gotta have that cannon fodder. Like, uh, as soon as they walk through the door, like all oh, these people are toast. Mhm. Spoiler alert: Everybody's toast in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: but yeah, what I. I I really enjoyed the movie. I didn't, you know, as I, I kind of always sort of say, like when I first watched something, like I didn't know what to expect from it. So I really, I genuinely went in just blank slate, nothing, no other thoughts about it. It just went in and just purely like just watched it. And I really enjoyed it. I love how like it was sort of, you know, innocent to start as, kind of some most movies will start though that way it's not gonna immediately boom crap happens but it was that okay that innocence that whatever but then you knew you know once the dysfunctional family shows up it's like yeah this is the start of things happening right and then it just got delightfully dark and twisted and just yeah it was a good a good solid movie um definitely uh yeah, definitely enjoyed it, and now it's it's part of my it's gonna be a part of my like Christmas watch list now.
0: So yeah. <laughs> I watch it every December fifth.
1: Wow.
0: If I don't watch it like in halfway through the summertime, I watch it every December fifth. No ifs, no buts, no coconuts. Yep. I am watching it.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely doing the same now. It's gonna happen.
0: <laughs> so, so one of the first things I know- my, my one of my first reactions from my first time viewing it a couple years ago was um Omi speaking German throughout the whole movie. That seemed out of place to you at all or it just seemed weird or
1: it, it did seem weird. Um I found it a little creepy. There was just something very unsettling about the fact that she was speaking German like, throughout the movie, and then there's, you know, sort of those little moments where she did speak English, but it was just, it was, it was odd. Out of all the oddness in the movie, um, <laughs> it just, it, I felt it was out of place. Um, I think there, there really wasn't any reason for her to be speaking German, like, why didn't she just speak English? Like, she can be
0: Whatever, give her, the, give, her, give her the accent the shows she's her, from Germany.
1: Give her, give her the accent, but don't have her speak the language. Like it just seemed really, it didn't fit when you knew that she could clearly speak English and whatever. I'm not saying it's like oh, you know, whatever, but it's just yeah. I didn't. I, I really felt like it wasn't necessary for her to be speaking German throughout the movie.
0: It just no that that I like. So then you're relying on uh, Tommy or Tom and uh, and Max to essentially translate what she's saying throughout the whole movie. So that's yeah. so you're only essentially get, like, getting the gist of what she's saying. Yeah. If they if they it depends if, if they if they it all the it all depends on if they flat out repeat word for word what she said. Well, exactly. Or if, or if, or if they train, or if they um, not necessarily translate, but if they uh,
1: summarize what
0: she said, yeah. essentially said she essentially said this. They paraphrase, yeah, paraphrase. Thank you. Paraphrase. They paraphrase what she said. But yeah, I do, yeah. I do love when uh, Conchita Farrell, <laughs> uh paraphrases what she said. She says we're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just love Omi's reaction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I just love that reaction.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're fucked. <laughs> Which y'all are. <laughs> just wait for the gingerbread man. <laughs>
0: Uh but her uh, aunt, but uh, but she met her fate though from the elves. Uh,
1: yep.
0: Because she actually <laughs> it took right up until five minutes before she meets her demise for her to be uh, Aunt Harriet, is it Aunt Harriet, or is it Aunt when I think it's Aunt Harriet, isn't it?
1: Thanks. I think so. That sounds right.
0: But the it like five minutes up until she goes bye bye that she proves herself useful by taking out all besides taking care of the baby for, for not liking kids. She should have take care of the baby quite a bit, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but, uh, that I think she was her. I think that was probably my when I first saw the cast announced for this movie, Adam Scott, Kachetta Farrell, David Koechner. Like, wow, there's going to be a lot of comedy in this movie, Mm -hmm. which I haven't seen Adam Scott in a lot of things, but I, this is probably my favorite performance by him because he's not, even though he's a pretty comedic actor, like I definitely enjoy him in this more than Step brothers
1: De- De- I was going to say that actually, because that's actually, I-, I feel like I've probably seen him in other movies, but I just can't like remember, but I know
0: the most. Well, he has, he has like, a quick, he has a quick appearance in knocked up. Hmm. Um, he's in parks and rec. Yeah. he's
1: not. I've,
0: like... I've seen him in other things here and there, but I definitely enjoy him the most in this i think because he's, yeah. he's, he's not he's funny at the same but but he's not
1: he's not being a dick like he's not that that kind of character right that usual whatever like how he is in Step Brothers. like he's just this well, the, what does will ferrell call it doucher or something
0: yeah
1: <laughs> whatever like he just yeah like i didn't I really didn't like Adam Scott's character in, in Step Brothers, but I think that's just how he's supposed to be. But yeah.
0: um, but I definitely
1: like him in this movie. He's the Uncle
0: He's, the uncle, he's the uncle. Howard in Step Brothers.
1: Definitely. <laughs> he's, yes. he's very much
0: Uncle Howard in the other one.
1: Yeah, definitely. Where he's, he's more mature, he's more serious in this one, and I definitely liked him in this one. I
0: could yeah. say that. Definitely a great casting choice, and he does step up and become a leader. Like, not yeah. that he wasn't not that he wasn't um, a good leader in the movie, but he not like he started off as a coward and had to slowly develop into being one. He always had that good leadership skill. Like, oh, we need to go find Beth. He just had the he just had the whole thing about using guns. That was really the only thing. Mm-hmm. But so that was really his only. Uh, his hesitation, if you will, his only hang-up was the gun. Hold the gun. Uh, using guns, but
1: yeah.
0: So being that eagle scout does come into play. You get that. You get that. And that's when you start to. That's where you see that Howard and and Tom start to bond over that. Is when they go to find Beth because Beth uh, Max's sister goes to see her boyfriend. The lame excuse she uses, like, "Oh, I need to go see if he's okay." He hasn't replied back to my text
1: <sighs> First world <road> problems <laughs>
0: <laughs> i sent like 30 texts He hasn't replied back to any of them I need to make sure he's safe
1: <laughs> I could not facepalm hard enough Like It's like really I, I would have been like No you're just being Stupid <laughs>
0: And they don't set up Beth to be the best character ever either because, like, she doesn't really defend him when Jordan and Steve are humiliating him. No. She does rip on Howie Jr. Yeah. When they first show up.
1: Yeah. But, uh. Yeah, like, she doesn't do anything, so.
0: <clears throat> just having her be the, the typical angsty teenage girl. Yeah.
1: It's like, okay,
0: whatever. <laughs> we'll say hey, grief. You don't like your relatives, but you're not stepping to defend your brother while they're humiliating him at the dinner table. ever especially after he says he wants he wants to go back to having that close relationship with his sister. Mm-hmm. Like you don't step in and defend him. Like, like, come on, yeah. man. You,
1: you gotta. You can't. Yeah, siblings. Yeah, whatever they. You know, it's kind of natural for sometimes you don't get along or you do shit, whatever. But come on, you still you still love them you still whatever you got to come on grow for compare and defend your your sibling you know
0: yeah. <laughs> like but yeah, i i guess in a movie like of this caliber much like banana splits or something or another comedy horror movie or any horror movie in general you got to have these characters where you got to have your characters you root for to succeed and you got to have your characters like well you're gone you're toast mm-hmm. so you got like your your characters like um Tom and Max and Omi that you don't want to see anything bad happen to them or even uh, Howie's wife. Howard's wife, you don't really want to see anything bad happen to her either. Uh, But like, then you got Uncle Howard and Conchetta Farrell and Jordan Stevie and Beth and uh, Tony Collette's character kind of on the fence about she does come off as being a little pretentious in some of the stuff. Like she's trying too hard to be the upper society that she is. But, uh,, eh, I put her in the middle like she's not she's not like Jordan Stevie and Uncle Howard level, but she's not necessarily like Max and Omi level.
1: Mm, well exactly yeah, she's yeah, she's definitely in that in that middle because she's she's trying to be the the perfect whatever and and a little bit snobby, you know, but she's not she's not an awful human. I wouldn't call her that not like everybody else you know
0: so yeah well speak so speaking of Beth she is the first one to bite the dust in this movie
1: yeah.
0: uh, what do you think about that uh, that first tease of Krampus so when you see him jumping from rooftop to rooftop chasing down Beth I love that was... that's probably, that's probably the, my favorite part of that whole scene is him jumping from roof you see him in the background jumping from roof to roof yeah. Like holy fuck, this fucker's huge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good thing all. Good thing all the people in those houses are already dead because
1: <laughs>
0: they're like, "What the fuck happened? <laughs> What's yeah. that on the roof, Todd? I don't know, Margot."
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Todd and Margot and the Griswolds all live in that neighborhood too, along with the McAllisters. But <laughs> should look like that kind of looked look like that kind of neighborhood.
1: It did. Very <laughs> very kind of cookie cutter homes
0: suburbs.
1: So yeah. Those suburban areas or are those like little areas creep me out cuz they're too perfect. They're just uh, We have we have a lot of those here and it's like I just think I don't I avoid them like I don't like they but although they're kind of their own little spaces anyway but they just I don't know they creep me out
0: <laughs> uh, I can't remember is it is it the big man himself that takes out Beth or is it the jack-in-the-box because I know that she's getting chased down by a lot of stuff yeah her death is probably the least memorable for me because her Beth Beth's probably one of the characters you care the least about
1: Just because she did it
0: so briefly.
1: Yeah, I think it's the Jack in the Box. That's my first thought, but I may be wrong. Don't quote me on that one, but I feel like this. Because she's, yeah, she's getting chased down by him, but then I think it's the. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Because you see, see Krampus (laughs) chasing her down, the elves are chasing her down. Oh, I remember seeing the, I remember the jacket box. Like you see the box, you don't see him in his full form that you mm-hmm. do later on when he takes out. He takes out uh, Stevie. I think he takes out. Yeah. Which I really wish Jordan would have gotten a better takeout scene because she was the bigger bitch of the two between Jordan and Stevie. Mm-hmm. She just gets, she just gets thrown in the pit like Max does. I'm like, oh come on! The elves take her away and she gets thrown in the pit like. How come the how come the jack of the box didn't take them both out, man? Come on.
1: Exactly. When you when you have those absolutely irritating characters, you need to have a satisfying kill. I'm just saying. yeah.
0: <laughs> like how,
1: have...
0: how, how, <sighs> Howie Junior. Howie Junior. is not as terrible as Jordan Cevic. Yeah, he's disgusting and like belching at the dinner table, and but he's got a more memorable. He said he gets taken out more memorable way than than Jordan does. Yeah, just
1: like. <laughs> Not fair. He should. They should have gotten the memorable one because that would have been completely satisfying. Well,
0: <laughs> you know? Steve, Stevie does. But you don't. You see Stevie's feet hanging out of the Jack in the Box's mouth.
1: Mm.
0: Which what point? Why didn't Jordan just run?
1: Right, but then that's just people in movies, right? They just. You run, it's like, come on, and then they just, they don't, and then that's how they die. Uh. <laughs> uh, they should have put red shirts all on that family. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Pretty much. All the local Howard's family's all red shirts. Well, you could tell them, I don't know if it, I also get the feeling when I watch, when you get, when you start to wrap up to the end of the movie, man, like, okay, we gotta get to the plow. We gotta get to the plow and try to get out of here. And also sudden, no, they just start getting picked off one by one. So that's when it becomes very red shirt at mm-hmm. that point. So you lose all three adults at that within like two minutes of each other. Uh-huh. So what time and wait, do we lose Uncle Howard before we leave the house? So right before we leave the house, we lose we lose the aunt. Yeah. And we lose Omi. And Omi makes the big sacrifice. Omi sacrifices herself to Krampus because she reveals That uh, she had to run in with Krampus before because of her childhood. She had run in with Krampus before. Krampus took her family but spared her as a warning. So Mm -hmm. She sacrifices herself to Krampus so the family can escape. Do we lose Uncle Howard before that? Or do we lose him as soon as they walk out the door?
1: I think it's when they're out the door. When they're out the door, then he's gone. Yeah, because it's, everybody's out the door, and then, and then a the big thing, and then I think he, yeah, he gets picked off after that.
0: And the elves travel <laughs> underground like they're Bugs Bunny or sandworms from Beetlejuice.
1: <laughs> you hate
0: them. I hate them.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Those elves move quick, and
1: they sure do, man. They don't waste time.
0: But yeah, it, it's uh, that's the one. I'd say that's one scene in the movie. Told they're okay. They're starting to wrap it up. They're trying to bring it home. It's just picking off so many characters in that scene. Well, I think they last. They all survive the like those three. The three surviving adults. They survived the onslaught of the toys in the attic. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, they get outside and they just get picked off left and right by the elves in the snow. So like, okay, we're trying to. Trying to bring it on home here, aren't we?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, remember we have to end this movie. So, okay, let's just mass kill. <laughs> yeah,
0: so they wipe out. They wipe out. They wipe out seven characters in like 10 minutes. <laughs> so if they wipe them out all. the start with Conchetta Farrell's character <laughs> all the way up to. <laughs> So from Conchetta Pharaoh's kicker all the way up, to Aunt Harriet up to Jordan, <laughs> they wipe out like seven characters in like ten minutes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So who would you say had the more memorable kill? A lot of them are. A lot of them are pretty cookie cutter. They are. So who would you say is taking out more memorable? Who who just has a more memorable death in the movie? I think we can agree Beth is probably the least because we don't remember even how she's even killed. Yeah,
1: no, I I can't even remember how she's. Yeah, so yeah. I know she's.
0: I know she's she's hiding under. She's hiding under a car from wherever this chick. Because we don't. Apart from seeing Krampus jump from rooftop to rooftop, we don't know exactly what else is chasing her besides that.
1: Yeah, and then what happens after that? Like it's not. Yeah. So yeah. it's, that would be, that's a category under least memorable, but most memorable, um, hmm. It's like, yeah, like, I don't know, Jordan and Stevie, not really, I wish. <laughs> because I hated them.
0: <laughs> they're they're the um, ones you're like you. Since as soon as you see them on screen, I might as well just put a clock of how much time they have left in the movie.
1: Right. Just okay. This is how long they have, and when they're gonna die, and it needs to be a satisfying kill. So
0: yes, and Jordan doesn't get <laughs> Jordan doesn't get a satisfying kill. She gets the same fate as Max.
1: Yeah. Like that. That which, was...
0: I, which I'm sure they all got the same fate. We just see it happen to Jordan and Max. Yeah. Uh... So I guess you could say Jordan gets taken away in a very zombie film like fashion. She gets ripped out of the snowplow truck yeah. by the, the elves.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But uh, so you almost have, almost have like two choices. Either have Conchetta Farrell getting ripped out of the window by the elves. Or you have Howie Jr. getting taken away by the gingerbread men.
1: Yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm like,
0: mmm. I vote Howie Jr.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go towards him too because I think that was, yeah. That was the one I most remember out of kind of everybody, really. Um, yeah. I'm going to go with that one.
0: That's the most hey,
1: memorable.
0: Because <laughs> you, got, you got a Harriet blowing blown these Toys away with the uh, with Howard's gun. And it's just like, oh shit! And he hit and ripped out of the out of the out of the uh, window. But uh, I'd say I oh, you got Omi making the big sacrifice too. So you got like three memorable deaths with Omi and Omi would be the
1: first one on my list. Like if you were to like rate, you know, it's like that would be the first one because that was that was huge, and I think that was the most. Powerful one because it was, you know, her making that sacrifice for the family, right? So yeah,
0: <clears throat> very much like Laura Dern in, in the the Last Jedi, just letting everybody else go and staying behind. Mm-hmm. But uh, <clears throat> they also get that uh, I think Howard Junior's kill probably like the first taste that you get to this movie is gonna be bonkers. It's gonna have that bonkers comedy in it. Cause, <laughs> yeah, every Chad. <tried. laughs> We got the you hear the gingerbread men talking in the, in the chimney, like communicating in their language. <laughs> One of them comes down on the chain trying to lure in Howie Jr. while well, the whole family's Because uh, it sets up because like the first tease you get you get Beth is being chased by what you don't know what. Tom and Tom and Howard go to save Beth or find Beth, and you get something attacks Howard in the snow. You don't know what it is. Like he got stuffed in a bear trap or something, so you don't know what the hell's happening. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, a few minutes later, the family's all sipping in the living room together, and <laughs> this is Gingerbread Man dangling on a freaking chain like a fishing lure in the middle of the fucking chimney. And of course, Howie Jr. goes after it. And I do love that reaction of Gingerbread Man when he's he's uh like like Chucky, he's in doll mode. The lure and the lure and Howie Jr. all of a sudden. Well, Howie you takes the bite out of it, becomes the life. and <laughs> <laughs> But you get the whole family fighting against um I'm assuming that's the elves that are probably having it on the other side of the chain. Yeah. Trying to pull them back up. <laughs> you got the, the whole family just. You a whole tug of war <laughs> with Howie Jr. <laughs> 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 I'd say this is probably Tony Collette's best acting in the whole movie too, is because she's the one that's trying to hold on to Howie Jr. and yeah. <laughs> hey, this wouldn't have happened. Omi told you to keep the fire hot.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She warned you to keep the fire hot.
1: But nobody listened. There's well, nobody Howard Jr. Us.
0: Well, oh god. To be fair. Uncle Howard fell asleep when it was his job to keep watch. <laughs> so, which is a, a stereo, a horror, a horror movie stereotype. Somebody's got to keep watch, and the person that's keeping watch falls asleep. So, yep. <clears throat> yep. I'd say Howard Junior's got probably a more memorable, uh, more memorable one. I do like how they prank out Max at the end of Max trying oh. to. Plead so this is where you get a, like a good transcending of Max. Okay, maybe if, well, he spared Omi, so maybe if, maybe if Max tries to plead with Krampus, say I'm sorry, I take away my wish and all that stuff. Man, eh. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they all laugh. He <laughs> just drops Max right into the hole. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that.
1: Like I like that it wasn't. Like oh, pleading for for what you know, saying sorry or whatever, and then it wasn't the usual oh okay. It was like no, bye, <laughs>
0: bye Felicia.
1: Yeah, <laughs> bye Felicia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. It wasn't the
0: usual yeah. thing. It was just, I thought bye. I thought Max, I thought Max calling Krampus an asshole was kind of uncharacteristic. Yeah, because throughout I, most of the movie, he, he's not like, yeah, no, now he's the last surviving member of his family. He's trying to survive, but like throughout the whole movie, he's like, hey mom, hey mom, hey dad, hey dad. There's a there's a snowman outside. Hey, hey dad, like, hey mom. Like, so he's not doing much that would lead him to say, hey asshole.
1: Yeah, it was it was kind of. It got
0: Krampus's attention, but.
1: But it wasn't. I don't know. Yeah, that was really, yeah. He didn't need that line.
0: Yeah. But, uh, but I do love the twist ending of I um, wonder what why did So why would Krippus spare Omi but not Max then? I don't know. Because Max is the one that made the wish that lost the Christmas. Essentially if we haven't um, discussed it already the whole in this incarnation, instead of like taking away naughty children and punishing naughty children, Krampus comes and attacks people who don't have the Christmas spirit. They lost the Christmas spirit. So they still well, he's still punishing punishing naughty children and stuff too at the same time, but they throw that extra twist in there of oh, this family because of Max lost the family the Christmas spirit. So this is why Essentially, Max, is, Max, and then Max does realize that this scene it is his fault. Everything that's is happening is because of him. Yeah. I, think Kramp, I think Krampus gives him his letter. Because he tore up after the whole being humiliated dinner scene by Jordan and Stevie. Uh, Max throws up a letter to Santa and throws it out the window. And I think Krampus like, gives it back to him in a ball. Mm-hmm. And um, I realize it's it's because of Max Why this happened But why why would uh, Why would uh, Why would Krampus spare Omi instead of Max
1: Because I don't You know what I don't think Like Omi didn't really Do anything Unlike Max who wrote the letter And had the wish and All that stuff and it was essentially Sort of his fault Where Omi was just, she had her experience, but then she was spared because she was, like, a young child, and she, you know, so I don't know. She didn't have that much... Oh.
0: She, she was more innocent because yeah. uh, in Omi's backstory, which turns which I, I do love, some people don't really like this part of the movie, but I do kind of like the movie, the the 3D style, motion style animation right in the middle of a, it's a good Christmas tossback, good Christmas uh, seasoning to it. Omni's um, mm-hmm. um, backstory growing up in Germany, which we, we seem to be Germany, maybe Austria or something. Um, growing up in rough times, like she gets uh, robbed for the, she went to go get uh, food for her family, food taken away from her by other people. Um, then her parents fighting and one of her parents tears up her Santa doll. You see Omi get up Young Omi get upset about it And all of a sudden Krampus comes and takes her family away Mm. And leaves her the bell As a reminder But uh I don't know I wouldn't mind seeing like a full Christmas Animated special of Omi's Omi's childhood like that Make it a half hour special
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um there is a Krampus comic book out there. I'm making it my mission to find it. Oh, it, it's it's a spinoff of this movie too. So, okay. so, it's like other other. It's not necessarily this family, but it's other people having run-ins with Krampus. This Krampus,
1: yeah.
0: Which uh, Michael Doder is I, I'm assuming Michael Doder is a huge comic book fan because this trick or treat uh, movies have uh, tie-ins to tie-in comic books too. So uh, I've made it my mission of. That's one thing I learned from the Minty video is that there is a comic a kind of book tied to the Krampus, which I'm gonna track down. Which mm-hmm. I'll probably just go to Amazon.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> when I say I'm gonna hunt it down. I'm gonna go to Amazon and look for it.
1: Clicks <laughs> um, and boom, you got it. <laughs>
0: I wouldn't mind seeing another version of this cramp of this movie too. And I, I remember being very confused at the ending of this movie. Yeah. Well well not necessarily confused in this movie. I think I was more confused when Max first wakes up and yeah. um they're downstairs <laughs> opening gifts and everything. So I, oh like is it a dream? And then they just pan out to the snow globes like, Oh okay, that's cool. Like
1: Yeah.
0: I so thought... once they panned out panned out to the snow globes, okay, it made a lot more sense, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Then it wasn't you know, it was they, he went. He went back to what it, what Christmas he remembers. But then it's like, oh, he's they're essentially trapped in this thing now.
0: Well, they write it off like, oh, it's just it's just a dream, because it reminded me very much. I had just rewatched uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol for the umpteenth million time, um, recently during my cheerathon, and when Ebenezer Scrooge is falling into the grave, falling into a fire pit, that's what it. That's what Max's death reminded me of. And it cuts. To, and very similarly, I wonder if this is what Michael Dodder had in mind of uh, having this Christmas Carol tie-in. of When Ebenezer Scrooge falls into the fire, he wakes up, he's in bed. It was all a dream. So I wonder if that's what he was going for. Because you see Max fall when Krampus drops him into this pit. The next thing you see is Max in bed. I wonder if it was all a dream.
1: Yeah, that could be a little inspiration from that.
0: If it is, bravo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: So, anything I could fix. Make sure Jordan gets what she deserves more. Mm-hmm. Stevie was still kind of a bitch. To, well, she's more of a bitch to her mom. Yeah. She was smart, smart, lucky bitch to her mom. She was still picking on Max a lot, too. But um, I did find when they are making fun of Santa Claus, we hear, hey, Maxi Pad, you hear what happened to Santa's sleigh? Went down over Denver. Like, <laughs> like, like, okay, at this point, you're trying to be funny. Like, people people are trying to be funny and mean. <laughs> like, trying a little too hard there. I mean, take about 10%, 20% off there, Jordan <laughs> and Stevie. Like, you're... <laughs> It's like you're trying to be me like you want to be a bully yeah but you're not you're not very good at it <laughs> nope. So you're good trying too plied. hard
1: you're being a 10 ply <laughs>
0: so, that, so that's the, that's the point where buzz is buzz is a little bit more uh, better at being mean to Kevin than Jordan's DVR yeah So then then, oh, then, in five minutes later they clear sip up their game by reading Max's Christmas letter at dinner so that's when they take the throne away from buzz and uh because buzz does humiliate kevin and number two but not as bad as jordan and stevie do i think yeah well i would say i think it, jordan and stevie uh, stevie kind of does but jordan doesn't get to come up and she deserves no. i think
1: yeah no, that was, yeah, that's probably one of my complaints is like, yeah, it should have been, should have let her go a little more satisfying, but satisfyingly, I guess.
0: Well, like just... the... well we do learn Krampus is like the master of ventriloquism, yeah. <laughs> um, how they, Jordan and Steve, fall for the fact that Beth is in the attic or some shit when they try to go try to find the bathroom. Yeah, Beth just came home, and walked right by everybody in the house. <laughs> Everybody's worried about Beth. She just walks right by everybody in the living room and goes straight to the attic. Yeah, Jordan, see? Yeah, she's up there in the attic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You dumb idiots.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh. Anything you would fix? Besides Jordan, Jordan getting a better, more satisfying comeuppance.
1: I would get rid of Omi speaking German. That that was not.
0: Well, it could be worse. They could have put they could have put subtitles in there too. So that that sure. probably would have made it worse. So it's yeah. very much like the it's very much like the Star Wars Holiday Special, where the Chewie's family is speaking in Wookiee, and we have no subtitles. So the whole time you're like, "What the fuck are they talking about?"
1: Yeah. So yeah, I would I would certainly that would be my other fix would be that.
0: At least you got Adam at least you got Adam Scott you got Tom and Max saying oh well, she says this this is what she's saying.
1: Yeah, at least you at least you have that, but still, yeah.
0: So you have an, an idea of what she's saying, so
1: mm. yeah. props
0: to Max for being eleven years old and speaking German.
1: Exactly, that's pretty awesome. <laughs>
0: Uh, now that you've added this to your yearly cheer a I think we can bring it on home <clears throat> I think so, so. Uh, Come in yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Krampus is on your roof
1: Oh shit <laughs> <sighs> So just sit here and laugh. It's like, yeah. All
0: <laughs> insert all insert bells and chains there.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Well guys, this is the last episode you'll hear Melissa on. You can find her in snow globes from now on. <laughs> Look for the Thunder Bay Snow Globe. You'll find <laughs> Melissa's house in it. <laughs> Apparently she did something to piss off Krampus. <laughs> and if you guys didn't hear that, uh, there's some loud footsteps going on in Melissa's house. <laughs> perfectly, perfectly, perfectly timed.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Good job, mom. Yep.
1: Good job. Give them the props for that one. <laughs>
0: So uh, we're gonna bring this episode of Kramp is on home. We highly recommend this movie if you like that good horror comedy. If you're a fan of Joe Dante, if you feel like those Joe Dante because t- Joe Dante when he does his horror comedies, it's got that certain touch where it's a good balance, much like American World in London. It's and Gremlins and Piranha and it's got that good balance of horror and comedy. Killer mm-hmm. Cones of Outer Space, good horror comedy balance. So definitely check out Krampus this year.
1: Mm-hmm. So, it's worth a watch.
0: Yeah. Let us know what you think. Uh, you guys know where to find us on the social media. Don't forget to like and subscribe us on Apple Podcasts and Podbean. Find us, search out, spread the word about us. We're a small podcast for now. We've got a small community. We'd like to be a little bit larger community. Spread the word of Nerd should be our new catchphrase, spread the word of nerd. So, on behalf of Melissa, I've been Jared with Nerd Night Nation's podcast. We like to say, happy Krampus knocked. See you next time. The thoughts and opinions expressed by your ambassadors and their guests are theirs and theirs alone.
1: And do not represent the companies they happen to work for. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.
0: Thanks for listening, guys.